Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Morning, everybody. Dennis Burns Good morning. here. Good morning. With R.L. Frazier and Dr. Josh Copes, we're going to start an addition to our regular podcast called The Specialist Notes. And this is what this is this morning. This is going to be a we're going to try and do weekly reports from the field with Ag Center specialists about crop conditions, problems, timely issues, what's going on in the field. So, and this is our first, and like I said, we got Josh, Dr. Josh Copes on the line here. We're going to, and RL's up, and he's up in uh, East Carroll this, this morning, so we're going, to, we're going to talk about it and give it a shot. So, it's going to be a little work in progress. So, everybody's still there, right? RL, Josh? Yes. All right. Yep, yes, sir. We're good to go. So... Day before yesterday morning, R.L. and I were comparing notes about some fields he was seeing in Madison and I was seeing in Tinsall. And we were talking about starter fertilizing. We get out a little closer and it looks like it's zinc deficiency. So at that point, I said, well, let's call Josh to see what, uh, what's going on uh, with the corn and the zinc deficiency. And it looks like it's sporadic. So tell us about it, Josh. All right. Uh, yeah, that picture you sent me the other day of that corn with the intervenal chlorosis more than likely is zinc deficiency. Uh, corn is a, has a high demand for zinc um, fertilizer. And with the conditions that we've had lately with cool, wet soils or prolonged conditions of cool and wet, zinc deficiency is likely to show up, especially in some of our sandier soils. And after you sent me the pic, Mr. Dennis, I got on the phone with uh, Dr. Dan Frommy, corn specialist, and we discussed uh, zinc, zinc issues. So some of this information is coming from him as well. Um, the intervenal chlorosis, I guess I need to kind of talk about that. It's mainly your the leaf veins will remain green, whereas in between the leaf veins, you're going to see some whitening or yellowing in appearance. Typically, and zinc, it could become broad white bands that extend from the leaf base, but do not go all the way to the leaf tip. Um, and if you're seeing some zinc deficiency, it could be just transient and related to soil wet and cool conditions. But it also, most soil tests that I've seen and looked at, where most of these soils are low in zinc. So a lot of guys that know are either side dressing with some zinc at the time they're going through the corn or they are putting it in some starter fertilizer and others are not but a lot of people out here this year are at least doing that so some of this could be transient in nature okay um, well, I'm sandy not soils, it's I'll go ahead I'm sorry okay uh, you know when you said transient I think I've seen this over the years in these type you know, uh, spring conditions where it's wet, cool, damp. We'll see the intervenal chlorosis, you know, trying to identify what it was, you know, with zinc. And then once it got back to a normal condition, it just kind of disappeared or had no effect on it. Uh, that's what you're talking about. Just not be, it's there, but it's not available. Yes, sir. And especially in clay soils, the zinc's probably there. And even in some of these sandier soils, but soils low in organic matter and uh, have higher sand and silt with uh, 
tend to have lower zinc levels. And so that's where you're probably going to see the zinc deficiency show up first. And depending on soil level of zinc, then the, yeah, the appearance of the zinc deficiency may be short-lived and the corn grow out of it. But we are doing a, a zinc study here this year, just a curiosity sake, and see what we can find out. Because typically soil applied zinc is a way to go in terms of getting not only into the soil, but zinc doesn't move in the soil very much. So soil applied and incorporating it is a way to go. Foliar sprays, because zinc's not translocating a lot in the plant, typically not as good as soil applied zinc. Okay, so and now I know that um, another question that people ask me is, okay, well, I'm seeing this. Are those spots out there that, as they turn back up green, because the plant height's the same, is this, you know, the question is, is this going to affect my yield? Oh, yeah, it very well could. Uh, if it's short-lived and transient, probably not, but these symptoms, little interventional chlorosis are staying through the year, and you're seeing it year in and year out, could be a... Um, some pretty good yield drags on that. Okay. All right. Well, that covers zinc. Uh, well, I can go over zinc sources of fertilizer. Um, most people are probably running chelates, like EDTA or citric acids, chelates. Those are probably your most effective, but zinc sulfate's also a good source, and zinc lignose sulfate are good sources. Whatever source of zinc you use, look for to at least have or to have a high water solubility. If it's not water soluble, it's not plant will not be able to utilize it. You usually zinc rates are typically lower for chelates compared to zinc sulfate or zinc lignose sulfate. So for instance if you broadcast zinc on soil and use a chelate that's between five to ten pounds an acre or sulfate is around 15 to 30 pounds per acre. Okay. Um, and the same thing for when you put it in with a starter, you're going to lose half to a pound of zinc as a chelate and maybe two to four pounds as a sulfate. Um, I did mention it. That's why you want to incorporate it because it's uh, not very mobile in the soil. Okay. But corn can have really good responses to zinc um foliar sprays yeah they will help don't get me wrong but it's best to kind of have it in soil near planting before planting pre-plants or right at planting okay the, the guys that i've seen with it where it's showing up in the field they've got a, a pound of zinc in their side dress and they were actually they were side dressing the field i sent you the pictures they were side dressing it Wednesday, so uh, hopefully it should pick it up. Uh, all right, you got any another question? Uh, well, he actually calls mine. Uh, other question there is, is timing when to apply it. Uh, okay. Ideally, like you said, if I understood you right, right about planting or right after planting. Uh, you don't want it to go out, I would assume, early, early or late winter, early spring to where it had to lay there too long. Exactly. Well, not too long. It's just if you're going to be most of our fertilizer recommendations are for spring application, you know, either pre-plant or time of planting. Because especially where you're seeing the zinc show up in the soil, I mean, in 
in the fields, these soil types are typically sandy, so you can run the risk of losing your potassium and stuff over the winter if we apply it in the fall. Um, that's why. I reckon that's what I was getting at. It doesn't need to be as a fall application and lay there all winter and leach out since it is so water soluble. Well, zinc itself is not going to move as much as, say, potassium would, but anything in the okay. solution could very well, you know, move. Um, this fact that you're going to probably piggyback zinc with your phosphorus and potassium in the spring. Correct. And so, because it goes out at low rates, and you don't want to lose any of your other nutrients like potassium. And you can also soil test. I mean, this brings up another issue. I say issue, it's just always good to have current soil tests to know where you are with your nutrients. And you can also plant tissue samples and look for zinc concentration between 20 to 70 parts per million. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, before we get before we get get off here, Josh, we're gonna we're gonna throw one more little curve at you because it's come up. I talked to somebody yesterday about it. Um, replant on corn. You know we're late. We've had two and a half, three inches yesterday. It's cold, wet. It's supposed to rain again. Replant, spot plant. Fail. What what's the thing? Uh we're pretty late on the replant, especially after this round of rain drying up. Depending on what if you have any herbicides or fertilizers down, you could potentially switch to another crop. If not, just to, you may have to replant. This just mm-hmm. depends on the each situation, but I'd really try to avoid it. Research out of Mississippi State and LSU has shown that, you know, you're losing between half percent to a percent, let's say, a bushel per uh, per acre per day, planting after mid-April. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that was kind of the, the, you know, they were talking about uh, some of this stuff that's gotten thin, you know. What's the, low, what's the lowest stand, we, final plant stand that we need? Dr. Fromian and Dr. Rick, I think they have some pretty good data on that, Sean. And if you drop it below 27,000, you're going to start seeing some yeah. uh, okay. well, yield that, reduction. Well, that, good. Give, that gives them a little bit of uh, a little bit of leeway there. I don't, if it, you know, I think it's just more spotty in certain parts of the field, maybe you know where it's a little bit lower, held a little more water, or just didn't grow off quite as fast. So, all right. Yeah. Well, I, I got one question before we get off, Dennis. Okay, go ahead. For, for Josh, uh, talking about this corn and all the rain, you know, we've had lots of fields go underwater, mm. uh, you know, corn. I, I've kind of worked off a general rule of thumb, about 72 hours underwater is about all that can survive without oxygen. Am I wrong? Probably. Wrong? Probably. It's just, it will depend on the air temperatures, too, but yes. Good rule of thumb, I would say, seventy-two hours tops. Okay. okay. So if it's been under for two weeks, you can pretty much consider it. Oh gone. yeah, it's gone. <laughs> yes, right. sir. Well, but you know, that brings up Trey and Price, Doctor Trey Price, and I were talking the other day. Could this corn going under? You can look for more crazy top corn. Oh yes. Well. Well, and, and I know this is going and this is going to bring into it where you're going to have some of that corn that was failed like that that's going to be 
failed plantings. Uh, I know we've got some in Concordia, all down the levee, that was prevented planting because of seep water. Can't, and it's looking at the river stages, uh, it's going to be middle of May probably before they can even come think about coming back in there. But yes. anyway, well, that uh, that pretty much covers everything. You got anything else, Ariel? No, that's, I've got it covered. All right. Josh, you want any final statements? Any words of wisdom? No, I think uh, we did pretty good on this and just be on the lookout. Uh, monitor your fields. Okay. For any type of issues like this popping up. All right. Well, good deal. Well, I want to thank you, Josh, for coming on this podcast this morning. Uh, as I mentioned, we're going to do these short podcasts weekly to kind of keep everybody aware of what's happening on the field, what what may be coming up in the field, uh, anything that uh, just we need to know that make producers aware to be be looking for. So, as always, subscribe to our Twitter feed at Louisiana Delta Crop and this podcast. And if you have any questions, ideas, contact RL, myself, Kylie Miller, and we'll see what we can do about getting them on a podcast. But now, for now, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll see you next week. The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local extension office.